Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another episode. I am the real Jason Duncan. Thank you for joining me today. I'm going to be talking with Dr. G, Dr. Greg Persley, about his journey to success. Uh, interesting thing about his story, and uh, we titled this episode Making Decisions Out of Fear, because he's going to share with you how he went through an eight-year period of his life making decisions out of, out of fear and how that derailed his plans. And a uh, very successful guy. I'm going to talk about how he graduated high school early, got, became a doctor pretty early. And, uh, and then when his son was born, things kind of took a turn because of some health issues. And uh, the next eight years was just decision after decision made out of fear. But uh, Dr. Greg Persley, or Dr. G as he's known, is a catalyst for personal growth. He's on a mission to transform the lives of a million people. And he's uh, got a book coming out in January called Fix Your BS, which stands for Belief Systems. He's the owner of PC Medical Centers, which is an integrated regenerative medical clinic. He's helped motivate people to find their ideal belief system so they can make simple time-saving steps to build the life that they want. And if you're feeling like you're stuck and not reaching your full potential, Dr. G is a guy that you probably want to talk to. So please help me welcome Dr. Greg Persley to the root of all success. Dr. G, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. The real Jason Duncan. I love That's it. right. <laughs> Don't get that confused. Don't get that confused. No way. Well, so uh, Dr. G, so everybody calls you Dr. G. So tell me a little bit about first how you got your start as an entrepreneur, because people listen to the show. They're entrepreneurs. They want to know how other people got their start. How did you get your start? Well, um, it goes all the way back to when um, I was in college. Uh, so I went to grad, uh, college undergrad for two years. Then I went to um, an accelerated program to enter grad school to get to be a chiropractic physician uh, quicker. And so I uh, graduated high school at 17, um, grew up as a blue collar working, working you know, area. I grew up on a farm, little small farm town. And for whatever reason, I always wanted to do something big, do something great. I saw my dad. I saw my mom. They worked. They were controlled by other people's schedule. And I think I just always wanted to uh, to do something greater. So graduated high school at 17, went two years of undergrad, played a little baseball, um, then went to grad school, uh, graduated as a doctor at 23. And even at that time, I said, I want to be a multimillionaire by the time I'm 30. Uh, so it, I think it just goes back to maybe it's just part of my DNA. Don't know. <laughs> so you, so your path towards entrepreneurship went through a, uh, the technician route. So the technician or the professional route where you're, you've got a degree, you got a license to do something like a lawyer, 
uh, dentist, chiropractor, doctor, whatever. So you, you, you went the chiropractor route. Did you think that that when you chose that was entrepreneurship or did you just think, well, that's the route. I just want to be a chiropractor. That's what I'm going to do. Well, when I was 17, I wanted to be a chiropractor. I knew that. Um, but, uh, really if, if I had to go back, I had the wrong information. If I really wanted to match who I was knowing what I know now, I'm 40 years old. Uh, I've been, had my own business for 16 years. Um, and looking back, I thought entrepreneurship was owning a business. And to me, owning a business was being a, a tactician, a tactical person, somebody that it was really if after I started reading the Robert Kiyosaki's books, um, you know, the ESBI, you know, entrepreneur or uh, a self or employee, self-employed business owner, investor, I realized I'm not a business owner. I'm a self-employed person. And I don't remember who it was, but they said, look, if you can leave your business and come back and it's still profitable, then you're a business owner. But if you have to be in your business in order to be profitable, then you're, you're not a business owner, you're self-employed. And that's when I started to understand, oh man, I am in the wrong, uh, quadrant. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, it doesn't match who I am. I want to be able to do something bigger. And the only way to do something bigger is to help other people, uh, learn how to do the things that you're doing successful. And, uh, you know, that's not where I was at the time. So when did that revelation happen? How old were you when you read that book and had that revelation? Um, I was in my mid twenties. So I was probably 24, 25. Um, at that same time, um, I actually had a, uh, I, my wife and I had a daughter. She was about two and a half years old. And at, at the same time, about 24, 25 is when I had our son and our son was actually born with dwarfism. So I have this realization of, man, to be an entrepreneur is not what I'm currently doing. But then we also had a son that was born with, with a physical difference. And he had a lot of, um, physical and, uh, life, potentially life-threatening issues going on. And so our focus went from being an entrepreneur, growing a business, you know, making an impact to keep him alive and keep the family together. And that's where we were for eight years. So from 25 to my early thirties, 33, it was leverage everything to keep the lights on and keep the family together and, uh, keep him alive. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So how, how, how are your kids doing today? So my daughter is uh, almost 17. She turns 17 next week in, in December. If anybody wants to send any gifts our way towards her, <laughs> she likes attention. So, you know, say hi to her or wish her happy birthday. Um, but my son is uh, 14 and, um, you know, he, he had a trachean event for eight years and the trachean event helped him breathe and kept him alive. And, and, uh, after that eight years, it was, you know, now you're, you're going, well, now we got to redefine what we're focused on, redefine ourselves, redefine our, our marriage, redefine, you know, being a parent, redefine being an entrepreneur, redefine being, you know, owning a business. It was, it was this huge change again in our lives. Uh, but now he's 14. Um, and so we're dealing with more of the social aspect of he's different. He looks different and, uh, dealing with, you know, that sort of thing as opposed to the life threatening stuff. So, you know, what are your kids' names? Evie K is my daughter. Evie K E V E E dash K A Y. Yeah. She doesn't have a middle name. That is her first name. Uh, we didn't know that was gonna be so complicated when we named her when she was born, but it ended up being that way. And then my son's name's Isaac, I Z A A C. We had to be unique. Well, you know? So, uh, yeah. So Evie K, Happy birthday. 
I'll let her know that I said that. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you, when you play this back. So, so you had, so you had this revelation. So I want to make sure I'm understanding the timeline correctly. Mm -hmm. So you, you graduate high school at 17, you go to chiropractic school, you get your undergrad and you become, you get your doctorate, um, at 23. I think if you said, if I said that right, if I remember that right. And then 24, 25, you read Robert Kiyosaki, cash flow quadrant employees, uh, employee, self-employed, business owner, investor, and you realize, wait a minute, as a chiropractor, I'm really Mm self-employed. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not the business owner. But you had this other life-changing, life-altering thing that happened with Isaac's birth that derailed. Now, now, hear me out. It's like derailed your, you know, your realization to moving to a new form of business ownership for eight years because you now you had this family issue you had to deal with. Yeah. So is that so once Isaac got to the point where everything is kind of moving in the right direction, eight years, he's doing OK, you realize, OK, this we can now redefine what I want to do. Is that when you refocus back on entrepreneurship and how you can turn yourself from a self-employed chiropractor to a business owner? Yeah. And what's funny is you mentioned that um during that time, um, I was actually keeping a journal because I was at home a lot after going to work. Now, you know, I had a business for a year and a half when he was born. So it was a really young business and I had a really young family. And, and so my wife was in the hospital with him a lot, a couple hours away. My daughter was being passed around family member to family member. And I was forced to continue working to keep, you know, money coming in. So I was writing a journal and that journal actually turned into a book called a new kind of normal. It's not something I talk about a lot, but the book, a new kind of normal was really categorizing and showing the first three years of him being born. My wife, my family and I, we thought we were headed in this direction and it just got totally turned around on our heads. And so what do you do in that moment? How do you, how do you keep going when you thought you were headed in this direction and you had it all planned out and then the universe or God or whatever you want to say. But to me, I say, God, God said, ah, we're going to look at this direction for a little while. And, um, so, so yeah, that a new kind of normal was just me, uh, writing down my thoughts and, and my wife read the journal and said, you got to turn this into a book. It's, it's uplifting. It's, it's how to overcome things and things that I understood and, and started to, to understand more, I guess, through that process. Um, then you're right at the end of, uh, him being eight years old, um, we had leveraged everything. We had debt that I never thought I'd have how it wasn't like buying a boat, but it was, Hey, we're going to, we're going to leverage our, our building. Uh, we're going to leverage our house. We're going to leverage our credit. You know, my credit got down into the low five hundreds, uh, which it was for the right reasons, but I still didn't enjoy it. I still didn't like it. Um, and the one question that kept popping into my head was what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? And I just constantly asked that question. What can I learn from this? Wow. And what did you learn from that? Well, man, I, I learned that I learned that you never give up. I mean, that that's number one. And you've heard that before. Everybody's heard that before, but you just, you just, you just don't give up. Um, I went at one point I had written down all our debts and and categorized everything. And I went bank to bank and I was like, look, if you could give me a $60,000 loan or it was 55,000, a $55,000 loan with these terms, you know, hitting a home run would be this. And, and, you know, just improving the situation that I had would be this. And we could consolidate these and blah, blah, blah. And I went to bank after bank. The eighth bank, the president, after me telling him story, uh, the story, he goes, I'll give you a loan. And I said, well, I mean, what are we going to use for collateral? And he goes, I don't need collateral. I'll give you a $55,000 loan. And I think you'll pay us back. And that just shows that 
if you never give up, number one, and number two, if you if you actually think things through and put thought into it and and have a logical plan, you will find other people that will join that plan for you, or that will agree with you, that believe in you. And that's really what I learned through that process because I was not – the banker actually asked me, man, how, could, how did you not go bankrupt? And I said, that wasn't an option. I didn't think that was an option because I didn't feel like – I felt like that was given up. And I owed people money that I borrowed from. I wasn't going to say, well, I'm out. You know, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to pay you back. I was like, we got to figure out a way to make this happen. It was painful, but it was worth it. And so now I know more about the banking system than I ever thought I would know because I went through that process. Yeah. Well, you got a good banker, man, because that, because that doesn't have, that story is not repeated very, very many times in the United States. Well, I can so, tell you it was a small bank, local bank that still dealt with handshakes that still dealt with belief. I believe you'll pay us back is what he said. And he believed in me. And that meant a lot because I didn't have a lot of people believing in me at that point. Even myself, it was hard for me to believe in myself. So this was what, seven, seven years ago? Um, yeah, I was 35. So six, five, six years ago. Yeah. Oh, 34, so 35. Yeah. It wasn't so, that long so ago. You, so you, so when, when you had this issue happen, so you, you realize I've got to go get some money to consolidate some debts to get my head above water. Um, and he gives you the money and did it do what you thought it was going to do for you and your family? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why he gave me the loan, man. I had it laid out. I said, look, if you can come up with it, because I'd been reading banking books. I'd been reading financial books, literacy books, just trying to figure out, because I knew I was drawing on all the, the, I was leveraging everything I had. I knew I was doing that. So I was like, I've got to figure out now that I've leveraged everything, I got to figure out a way out of this, you know? And so I had it lined out. I said, look, if, if you can give me a five-year loan with these terms, this this rate, the interest rate was just above prime. And, and so you start talking their language. It, I wasn't going in there begging. I was going, this is logical. If you did this for me, here's what I will give you in return. It is a value exchange. And as the banker, all he had to do is go, I believe that you'll pay us back. Because as the bank, they want the loan. If it's not a high liability, right? They, they want that. The the they want to give you the loan and put it on their books, and they don't want it to be a high liability. Like maybe he won't pay us back, and so that's what they want. So I paid him back in three and a half years. It was a five year loan. I think they gave me at five and a half interest rate, which you know credit cards are twenty three percent, twenty seven percent, nineteen percent. So it, it saved me a lot of time in the process, but it also allowed me to take these multiple different uh, payments and put them into one and say, now I have to focus on one payment. And so I can start making sales to drive income to be able to pay this off. And I did. I paid it off in three and a half years. So that was so, when I was like 30. Let's see. Let's see. I was a little younger when that, that loan came about. So that was probably, I was 33 and I paid it off by the time I was 35 and a half. Wow. Yeah. So, so now you're 40. So what you said, yeah. Yeah. So you've, so now you've been living above water <laughs> with your head above water for the last five years or so. And it's from all accounts looking from the outside in, man, these last five years have been the rocket ship. These last five years have been business takes off. This is the time you write the books. This is the time you start speaking, coaching. Mm -hmm. This is when the impact of a million lives begins for you. What, 
what do you think was the main reason that you're able to go rocket ship? Was it just you finally got all that crap out of the way or or what? Well, it was a couple of things. Number one, I was able to focus. So, you know, for over a decade, I made a lot of business decisions out of fear. I was scared of the week of am I going to make it through the week financially? Um, and fear is not a good place to make decisions out of. And I'm talking not, oh, I'm scared. No, like, is my family going to make it? It's fear. You know, like that was where I was at. It makes me a little emotional thinking about it because, man, you know, it was you talk about a grind, <laughs> you know, as as a as a man in a relationship, you know, I, I had the responsibility to bring money home to my family and my wife is keeping my kid alive and my daughter's being passed around. And you just think about that dynamic, you know, that was that was a lot of weight. In fact, I'm actually bald. People that are listening can't see that. But the top of my head's bald At, during that time in my mid to late 20s. The stress was high enough to where I would take showers and hair would fall out. I mean, I had every kind of stress you can imagine. Chemical, mental, emotional, physical, relationship. Uh, it was all there. And so, yeah, so it was the end of 2018 and I had limped the business along. It was doing about $300,000 a year. Um, I had had a couple uh, independent contractors join my company which were not correct decisions. It was based out of fear. And the fear was, well, what if I have to be there for my family? I don't have anybody to back the business up. It's not going to run itself because there was no systems in place. And so it was, I needed those people to protect me when in reality it was, it, it cost me a lot of time, energy, and money, those two decisions, but it was based out of fear. And so that taught me a lot about making decisions in the correct emotional state. I, I love that last little bit that you talked about. Don't make decisions out of fear. Um, entrepreneurs get scared. We all get scared and uh, we have to have courage to push past that. But making decisions based in fear never leads to any place worth going. Fear never leads to any place worth going. I mean, and, and you and I both know that's what's happened to our world the last two and a half years. <laughs> Governments were making decisions based on fear. And look what it did. It jacked up the entire world. Our economy tanked. People started committing suicide, drug overdoses, you know, people getting dependent on drugs and alcohol, divorce, loneliness, suicide, <clears throat> all because we made a decision on something we were scared of. And, and you learned that the hard way through your life, making those decisions. So how do you make decisions now? Obviously, it's not out of fear. So what is your decision making process now? Well, number one. <laughs> Through that process, through that entire process, I was constantly searching for answers to try to figure out my own emotional and my own thought process, my own emotional state and thought process. And so I got really good at paying attention to my emotions because I understand that your emotions are within your control. A lot of people have argued with me about that, but... The reality is people have to understand events are events. Things in life occur. An occurrence is not an emotional anything. It is an occurrence. So if something happens, you're the one that places the emotion on the occurrence. And so if you're the one that places the emotion on the events or the occurrence, then you are also the one that can control or change that emotion. 
And so I spent a lot of time understanding my own emotions and, and what was causing the emotions I didn't enjoy, fear, anxiety, um, you know, all these negative frustration, anger. And, and so I basically took it upon myself to say, look, I don't enjoy those. I can, I can use them when those things pop up, I can use those emotions, but I will not let them uh, use me. And so what I said was, look, I don't enjoy those emotions. So I'm going to stop getting myself into positions that those emotions come up. And I'm going to start putting myself into positions where I'm uh, in a better emotional state. So what I mean by that is, let's say there's an, something that happens and I become fearful. I will step out of that, that event, whatever's occurring, and I will put myself in a different emotional state through doing something else. And then I will start thinking about that event or thinking about that occurrence. And I will start to figure out and ask myself questions from a different perspective about that event. So now I can make a logical decision based on a different emotion as opposed to in the moment going, I'm afraid, so I'm going to say this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to make this decision. I'll take a moment. I'll take a time. And people don't realize you have that, that opportunity. Something happens, you have fear or you have frustration. You have to, number one, pay attention to that emotion and say, oh, I have this emotion. Why do I have that emotion? Okay, now I can't make a decision in this emotion, so I need to step out, become an, get into a different emotional state, and make a decision from a better place is, is where what people generally say. Um, so, man, I learned a lot about internal, just myself, through that whole process. So it really boils down, sounds like it boils down to what you believe about that situation. You know, if you believe that situation is going to turn into something negative, then it's likely you're going to make decisions based on that belief system versus another belief system that I'm going to believe this is going to be better. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody, and instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if it was a video? And the video had a little GIF and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it, and it had your name. Like it said, hello, Jason, check this out. And then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window. And it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are, or how awesome they can help you, how, how good they can help you out. That is the power of video emails. I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last, I don't know, six years or so using Dub. And you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B. Therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub 
to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out. Get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to the real Forty years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. Do you remember those things? And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content, social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram reels or TikTok or YouTube shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the Zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions. They add the relevant hashtags. And they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today. to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that's story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Yeah, your beliefs drive everything. That's so. That's why. Uh, so people don't know this, obviously, but um, that's why I wrote the book. Fix your BS. B- BS stands for belief systems, um, because your belief system is is going to drive your your reaction. Uh, it's you know your belief is what you believe is true, and it's funny. People will analyze other people's beliefs, or they'll analyze their own thoughts. But they won't analyze the things that they believe because they think those things are true. They, they think they're 100% factual. And what I ask people all the time is like, why do you believe that? And that a lot of times they don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't know why I believe that. I just, I just do. Right. Because you made a connection from some point in your past that that's the way things were and you never reexamined it. And so I think that's one of the things you should always do. You should always reexamine the things that you believe and why you believe them and ask yourselves question about them. But that is a very hard thing for people to do because um, it's not taught in our society, number one. I mean, it's just not part, you know, that's why people get in arguments. Two people have different beliefs about something. And so they argue about it. And I'm like, that doesn't get anywhere. You have to have a logical conversation about it and start asking questions. But you also have to be able to step into that and go, hey, I'd like to know your perspective. Because maybe there's something within that perspective that will give me more insight. 
but that takes a lot of emotional control. I think that's one of the biggest things people can do is learn to control their own emotions and understand their own emotions. I don't mean suppress. I mean, understand and, and control them. So your book, Fix Your BS, is coming out uh, in January 2023. Mm-hmm. But you also own, you've got your PC Medical Centers, which is an integrated regenerative medical clinic. I, I assume that is where your chiropractic practice is now. Is that is that what that is? Yeah. So in 2020, I was able to integrate the practice into a regenerative medicine practice, which includes four things. Chiropractic care, which helps joint mobility. Rehab, which helps muscle balance. Regenerative medicine, which helps the body heal faster. And bracing, which helps align the joints that are misaligned. And so if you put those four things together, you get better outcomes with less invasive procedures. Um, And it really fights against the big pharma. Uh, When you talked about opioid epidemic and all of that, well, over the last two years, more people overdosed on opioids than the previous 10. Where did they get the opioids? From prescriptions. Um, and, and it's really a sad state. So Big Pharma back in there, – there's actually a show called Dope Sick. Did you, ever, you ever heard of Dope Sick? Mm-mm, no. So Dope Sick is all about you get addicted to a substance, and if you don't have it, you get sick from not having the dope. So the term Dope Sick is actually the name of the show. I think it was on Netflix. But I watched it. I think it was seven or eight episodes. Um, but it, it shows the – Uh, pharmaceutical industry and how they invented the fifth vital sign of pain. Because before the late 1990s, there was no, hey, rank rank your pain from zero to 10. That was invented so they could start prescribing pain medicine. And the pain medicines they were prescribing were things like Oxycontin, which were told and educated to physicians that it's not addictive, when in reality, it is one of the most highly addictive substances known to man, and it became a multi-billion dollar um, product. So my purpose is to help people have a different option than the traditional medical system. And the traditional medical system is meds, steroids, surgery, and somewhere in there they put physical therapy. And all of those only focus on symptoms. They don't focus on um, function. So that's why I created that. And so now we have a, a team of 11 people and I've created a business around it. So I can step out of the business and do things like this in order to help other people not only understand the traditional medical model compared to what we do, but also help them understand internal, their beliefs, their mindsets, their, their thought processes and how they can create the life they want to create. Because I've gone through that <laughs> and it's a five-step process. And there's five pillars of life. The five pillars of life are not in any order, but career, finances, relationship, health, and faith. If you have those five pillars playing at a high level, let's say you ranked them from zero to 10, 10 being best, zero being least. If you were a nine or 10 in all of those, your life is fulfilling and it's exciting and it's happy because you... You've mastered a lot of things, but most people settle for the life they get and they're not happy. Yeah. Why do you think people settle? Fear. And it goes back to fear, huh? Everything goes back to fear. When people make decisions out of fear, crap happens. Don't do that, people. You're scared. I mean, somebody right now listening to this show 
listening to Dr. G and, 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 and me talk and they're like, they're scared of something. Don't make decisions based on fear, make them based on something better than that. Believe, change your belief system. So uh, when did your, well, th- let's, let me, let me back up a little bit. Talk about the success of your practice now as compared to five years ago, six years ago, when you were in the middle of the storm. <laughs> well, number one, I have a better vision. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to have a vision. And my vision was, like like I said, uh, to be to have nine clinics uh, locally, and those nine clinics to do five million dollars. Now that's just not made up out of thin air. That was based on data. It was based on the information from the people that we were currently seeing. We created um, our avatar, which is basically our uh, number one client uh, type of client, and we looked in our area, looked at the demographics, figured out uh, where they were. Um, the, where they were most condensed, if you will. And so now we have a plan to open up those clinics over a period of time. Um, so we have financial parameters in, involved where when we get to certain financial parameters, we'll look at opening the second location, so on and so forth. Um, now, we worked with another company to get all that data. But the point is, is that uh, it wasn't just pulled out of thin air because a lot of people go, well, that seems very specific. Nine clinics, $5 million each. It's based on the demographics of where we are and from the data of our clinic after we integrated it medically. So, um, but I had that vision of, Hey, I want to, the first vision was I want to offer people in this area, a different option for healthcare that will improve the outcome without using the traditional medical model of pain meds, steroids, and surgery, because those focus on pain and symptoms and not functional improvement. Well, where does pain come from? Pain comes from damage. Damage comes from malfunction. So if we fix the function, we fix the pain. Um, After we did that for the first year or so, it grew really quickly. Then we looked at the demographics and said, okay, here's the plan. And then the vision turned into now here's the big vision of what we're going to create in the area. Pretty specific. And I like it. I like that Mm -hmm. very much. So what do you what do you think is going to be your key to achieving that? Developing other people to be leaders. Um, that, that is number one. You have to have other people that that develop into leaders to run the organization with you, alongside of you. Uh, if you read John Maxwell's information, he talks about leadership as leading someone from the front by example. It's also leading them from the side by holding their hand, by giving them advice, by helping them along. And then it's also leading them from the back and giving them a little nudge when they need it at times. It's to expand them to be the best person they can become. So I use uh, Brandon Dawson's system, which I would recommend everyone looks at his system and what he was able to do. But Brandon Dawson talks about um, taking people's personal, professional, and financial goals and aligning them with the vision of the business. So you have this massive vision for the business of where you think it can go based on the demographics. And you're really clear about that picture. And someone else can bring their own personal goals within that vision and put it within there and go, you know what? I can reach my goals without starting my own company, without doing my own entrepreneur thing. I can be an intrapreneur. I can internal inside the business, be an intrapreneur in order to help the business get its goals. And people don't realize that you can make millions of dollars doing that. You don't have to start your own thing. You don't have to take the hard route. Um, Alex Hormozzi, I listen to him a lot and he did the hard way. He just started his own thing. Uh, But, you know, the main thing is figure out, number one, figure out what you want. 
that's most people cannot clearly define what they want. You say, hey, tell me, uh, tell me what, what define the life that you want. They're like, well, I want a lot of money and I want a great marriage. Well, that doesn't, that's not specific. How much money specifically, what kind of marriage, what kind of relationship? Um, you know, I want a nice house. What kind of house? Like be specific. And the more specific you are, then we can build a plan to get there. Are you a fan of uh, Think or Grow Rich, uh, Napoleon Hill? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what he talks about in that book. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, I've read that book. I don't even know how many times. Listen to it. The books that really make an impact on me, I tend to revisit again and again, because if my version of success, my definition of success is continuation or continuously growing toward a result. Well, the continuous growth towards a result. Well, my result is what is what am I capable of during this lifetime? That's my result. My result is to see what I'm capable of. Well, that's big. That's huge. That's like there's no cap on that for me. So if that's my result, then I need to judge myself based on am I continuously improving toward that result or not? And so if you're continuously growing and improving, then five years from now, you should not be the same person as you are today. Ten years from now, you should not be the same person. So you have to revisit things because they will mean different things as you grow. Yeah, it's just the continuous improvement towards my result, which my result is what am I capable of in this life? You know, the rocking chair test is something I love. It's when you're 85 or 90 and you're sitting in your rocking chair and you look back at your life, what what are the things you said you regret? I wish I would have fill in the blank. And this is a part of my book. You know, it's it's I wish I would have writ, written a book. I wish I would have started a business. I wish I would have went skydiving. I wish I would have whatever it is, man, write those things down and then create a plan to get there. See, a lot of people, a lot of people want something, but they never define it and they never create a plan to actually get it and take action. And the reason why they don't is because once you define it, then it becomes real. And then if you don't take action, you've made the decision to not take action. And you'll feel bad about that. So if it's kind of vague and you never take action, then you can't really feel bad about it. You're like, yeah, you know, if it happens, it happens. Well, it's not likely that that something will occur if you don't define it and you don't take action toward it, you know. So that's the hardest thing for people is to understand that life is experience. It's just experiencing things. And if you pay attention to the experiences, you learn about yourself, you learn about life, you learn about the principles of life and how things work. And then that way you can start to define what you enjoy. See, I I think so many people, and I know I'm rambling, but I think so many people try to find the secret from someone else and they don't understand that the secret, the secrets within them of what they want and what they define their life to be. So like a morning routine is a great example. I've learned from like 15 different people who have different morning routines and I've developed my own that works for me and that's okay for me. But they judge themselves based on somebody else. Oh, well, they wake up at 5 a.m. and I don't. Well, you're just putting yourself in a position where you feel bad. Who cares if they wake up at 5? Does that work for you? Tony Robbins jumps in a pool at 50 degrees every morning. That I tried it. It ain't for me. It's not my thing. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't doing it. It's whatever. 
So with that as a definition of success, which you said, uh, continuous growth towards a result, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? Every day I make that decision. Every day when I go to bed, I make that decision. Was I successful today? Did I move toward my goals today? And if I didn't, if there were some things that I could have done better, all I do is use that as a learning experience. I don't feel bad about it. I just go, okay, what could I, well, I could have, I probably um, should have uh, um, read a little bit more, but instead I watched TikTok for half an hour. Uh, okay, I'm going to start, you know, next, tomorrow I'm going to do better at that. It, see, people get so like black and white with stuff. It's like, man, give yourself a little grace. You are human. You will have blunders. <laughs> the idea is to to be the best you can with what you've got and continuously work towards improvement. And that's really what you're trying to do. Um, so, well, I like, I like the continuous growth part. And I think so many entrepreneurs get hung up on a goal that is a single point of achievement and they forget that like the continuous continuous growth toward that goal is also an important part of the process of learning. And I know that all of us as entrepreneurs, when we reach a goal that does, that's not the end. We want to go to the next one. We set a bigger one. You, you know, you say, Hey, I want, I want to be a chiropractor. Well, you are. Well, now I want to have two clinics. Well, you have two. And then I want to have five clinics. You have five. And then I want to have nine clinics. You have nine. So the goals continue to grow. And right now you'll get those nine and you're going to be doing $45 million a year in annual revenue. And then you're going to look up and go, I want to do 10 more clinics and I want to do a hundred million in revenue, you know, whatever and, that happens. And here's, what's cool about it though, is a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, they put their happiness into that goal. They go, when I reach X, when I get that new car, when I get that relationship, when I get that business, when I get that amount of money. So what they're doing is they're really developing the habit of putting happiness off into the future toward a goal of some sort. And so if they do hit the goal, then immediately they go, yay, and they go right back into the habit of, well, what's next? And now they're unhappy again. They're, they're not fulfilled. They're not content. And all they're doing is developing the, ha the, 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 the habit of being unhappy. That's really what they're doing. So having a goal is great. But if you don't put your contentment and fulfillment and happiness in the goal, then you open yourself up to be able to change that goal. A really great example there was a guy I was working with one-on-one. -on -one. I work with clients one-on-one. -on -one, and he said he wanted, always wanted a Ferrari. And I said, why do you want a Ferrari? He said, man, when I was a kid, I used to have the, you know, you'd go to the book fair and I always had a red Ferrari poster and I'd buy it every year and put it on my wall. And I go, well, have you ever touched a Ferrari? No. Have you ever been in one? No. Have you ever been next to one? No. I'm like, dude, go experience the Ferrari. Before you put that as your goal and put your happiness in that goal, go experience it. Make it real. So he went to a Ferrari dealership and looked around and got in them. And he also experienced Jaguars and Aston Martins and all sorts of stuff. And after that, we talked and he goes, you know, I really don't want a Ferrari. I said, what do you want? And he goes, I want the idea of the Ferrari. And I was like, what's – I said, what's the idea of the Ferrari? He goes, the idea for the of the, of the Ferrari is – is that I've made it. And I had him define that. And, and we went into a deep discussion about this. But the point is, he ended up purchasing an Aston Martin later on. But if he had put his, his goal and his happiness in the Ferrari, and then he ends up getting the Ferrari, he has a momentary, yay, I've reached my goal. But then he's like, actually, I wish I would have got that other thing. And so there's almost like this depression attached to it. And 
And so that's where I talk about going back into the emotions of understanding your emotions and going, hey, what can I learn from this as opposed to, well, that didn't work out and being mad about it, but just what can I learn from this? So if he had done that and got the Ferrari and he goes, hey, you know, I, this isn't really what I thought it'd be. Okay, well, what can I learn from this process and this experience as opposed to being mad that you bought the Ferrari, you know, like whatever. But it's the idea that's surrounding that, that you have to understand because people will want to take that story and put it specific to them. And I'm like, it's, it's the idea around it. And so what I do, man, is I write my goals and I just let them flow. I don't even know where some of this stuff comes from, you know? And, you know, all of a sudden I was like, you know, I need a jet. <laughs> I, I, I need a jet and I don't need a jet. I need the time saving that the jet provides. That's what I really need. So it doesn't have to be me buying one or leasing one. It could be some other version of that. But if the goal was buying a jet, then now I'm stuck to, I've got to buy a jet. When in reality, it's the idea of that that matters. And so pay attention to that because, man, you just set yourself up for failure, putting yourself into the goal and saying, that's what my goal is. But like, the, the, the actual true goal is the movement toward and who you're becoming as a person in order to acquire that or achieve that. That's really what it is. That's good stuff, man. Well, listen, I know that people listening to this today are going to want to reach out and going to want to connect with you, going to want to buy your book. What's the best way for listeners to reach out and connect with Dr. G? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I hate doing this, but I'm going to give you a couple options. I normally want to give one, but I'm going to give you a couple options. Um, if you want to get on the, the list for the book, you can go to fixyourbs.com. So F-I-X-Y-O-U-R-B-S dot com. Um, that'll give you all the updates and information. And I have a lot of this information in uh, digital format too. So we have many courses that you can do and free stuff that we you can get. I mean, my, my goal is that people get value from what I do. And the more value I can give, the more people want to come and give me money. It's kind of funny how that works. But once you make it as an entrepreneur, you start to realize that money was never the object. You thought it was. But money is just a tool, man. And all of a sudden you start focusing on value and delivering to people and helping them and focusing on them. And all of a sudden they're like, can I give you a hundred grand? You're like, absolutely. I'd take, sure. That sounds good. You know, let me introduce you to somebody. It's almost like they feel the, the need to give back. So there's that equal value exchange. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one way, but if they want to go online, um, they can, uh, look up either fix your BS on Instagram Facebook, Twitter, any of those, YouTube, um, or you can go to Dr. Greg Persley, Dr. Greg Persley, and you can direct message me. Um, my team and I really work hard to make sure everyone, uh, you know, gets their questions answered. Because um, really, what I talk about are the principles of life that I've learned through my experiences. Yeah. And you can either learn through your experiences or you can learn through mine. And it'll save you a lot more time and energy and pain if you learn through mine. So. So FixYourBS.com, the book comes out in January, FixYourBS.com or DrGregPersley.com. And that's D-R-G-R-E-G-P-U-R-S-L-E-Y.com. So Greg, Dr. G, it's uh, <laughs> great having this conversation with you today. I, I Congratulations on your success and uh, happy birthday to EBK and uh, Isaac. Hang in there, buddy. This is going to be an amazing story that you're going to get to tell people for the rest of your life. It's going to be great. You got a good dad who's very proud of what you've become. So Dr. G, thanks for being on the show today. I wish you continued success. All right. Thanks. The real Jason Duncan. Appreciate you, man.
Well, there you have it. Another successful entrepreneur about his journey to success that was filled with lots of twists and turns because he's still on the process of reaching that goal, the continuous growth toward a goal, which is how he defines success. Sure, the birth of his son, Isaac, bringing on uh, some challenges that led him to be making decisions out of a fear, out of fear for a long time. But he overcame that. And that story about him going to the bankers, all those bankers, and finally finding one to help him out completely changed his life forever. And that's, again, one of the keys to success is knowing the right people. You can't be successful as an entrepreneur without knowing the right people. You got to get out there. You got to put yourself out there. And sometimes you've got to go to eight bankers before you find the find what you need. And it may be not a banker for you. Maybe it's eight coaches. Maybe it's eight speakers. Maybe it's eight friends. Maybe it's eight consultants. But there may be people that you need to get in front of. And it, don't just write it off because the first two or three or four didn't help you out. So I want you to go check out his book, FixYourBS.com. Sign up for the list so that you get notified when that book hits hits the market. Or you can go to DrGregPersley.com like we talked about at the end of the show. But I want to say thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for subscribing and reviewing. And if you haven't done that yet, it won't take but five, let's say five minutes of your time to write that review and hit the subscribe button. And that will do so much for the show because it is the algorithm. It is the algorithm. The more reviews and subscriptions that we have, it pushes us higher in the list so that more people can hear it. And the reason I want more people to hear it is because they can get motivated to become more successful, just like you've done today, listening to the story about Dr. G. So make sure you tune in again next week when we talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.